everyone. Welcome to another episode. It's such a pleasure to have you all here. I am so excited to introduce to you today, Arthur Tassinello. He is an author, a speaker, a relationship counselor, and a business consultant. And today we are going to be talking about peace, love, and his amazing new books. And I can't wait for you guys to meet him. So please join me in welcoming Arthur. <laughs> How are you doing today? Oh, I am awesome. And I'm even more awesome being here with you. Thank you so much for inviting me on this show. Oh, you're I'm so excited. welcome. You're so welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. So I would love to start with you sharing a little bit about who you are, what got you into being an author, a speaker, a relationship counselor, and a business consultant. Tell us all the juicy details. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how juicy they are. They're not real juicy for me anymore since I've lived it. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting because I started out in life just thinking about making money at the age of 14, going to work and doing different jobs and then getting into other jobs and going to college and in between college, working. I was, I was fortunate I didn't have to work while I was going to college, but I did in the summers. And I was always very fortunate in the sense that people saw me as a manager and I'm not sure why, but maybe it was my organization skills and kind of OCD, right? Just like, oh, I got to, everything's got to be in the right place at the, and at the right time. And I got to know where it is and so forth. But I've, I wound up being a Renaissance guy only because I've been so interested in everything interested in humanity, interested in how we operate, what we do, why do we do the things we do. But in addition to that, I've always been interested in everything about every kind of business. I always wanted to know more. How about how does that, op how does that business operate? How does that business operate? And so I would just get into doing these businesses. And I didn't even realize sometimes until actually probably my first book that I was really uh, more of a leader than a manager because I really, I really liked people. I didn't, well, let, me, let me step back. I didn't always like us. I didn't always like people. When I was young and I was growing up, I grew up in West New York, New Jersey. Uh, in a, so this town was just, just a city and, uh, and a lot of Italians there because I'm Italian, a lot of hard, tough people. And I also realized after a while that I used to call my parents, I named my parents the Bickersons because they would fight all the time. Mm -hmm. And so that didn't create a great, great atmosphere for me or a great learning platform to go mm -hmm. forward in my relationships. So relationships were always a little bit tenuous and uh, I've had some great ones and I've had some not so great ones. But what I love about all of this is that I've, had to finally at one point in my life look to me and I go you know as, as a responsible party what was your part in it because it's always easy to blame someone else isn't it mm -hmm. it's always easy to I'll give you a quick example and you'll don't mind me because I digress a bit I jump off here and there I always loved this so I was at a friend's house and these lovely couple I like them a lot you know, the typical issues, maybe the typical issues or not so typical issues that a lot of couples have. So he's doing the dishes and she's going, why are you doing the dishes that way? And I'm going, 
isn't this kind of typical instead of just being grateful that he's doing the dishes that you now have to want, try and control how he does them or mm -hmm. have a fight or an argument about doing something as simple as that. So there are a lot of things in life, including some of the things that I've done in life that I go, oh, that was a little crazy. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, whoopsies for a lot of things. I'll give you another example for me. So being OCD, and I was married to a woman that was the opposite of OCD. So you know how that kind of works out. Mm -hmm. And then, so one day I'm cleaning and I'm getting annoyed and angry and why isn't she helping? And, you know, it's like, she just doesn't do this. And it was like, all of a sudden this bolt of lightning struck me and it said, Arthur, what's wrong with you? And what do you mean what's wrong <laughs> with me? That's the way she is. Mm. And so when you understand and allow the other person to be who they are, then you can be who you are and not be angry about things. It's, it's simple things like somebody says, he never or she never puts the cap on the toothpaste. Well, then either leave it off or put it on yourself and stop worrying about it. It's these little things that we don't have to attack each other for and realize that we, we are different, right? Mm -hmm. we're, mm -hmm. we're the same and we're different. And I say we're the same in so many in so many ways, not different ways, in so many ways, because if I removed this meat suit that I wear and you removed your meat suit, we are exactly the same underneath. There are mm -hmm. zero differences between us. And so there's no way to judge the other person, right? We're, mm -hmm. It's like, oh, sometimes, so there was, uh, where was this? Yesterday or the day before, there, somebody was, did a post or was talking about the, our differences, right? And, and the judge, judgments that we make. And we judge people within the first like three seconds, maybe the first half a second that we meet somebody. Mm -hmm. in, in fact, often when I'm speaking to an audience, a new audience, and it's, I'll go, okay, to start off, some of you out there love me and you don't even know me. And some of you out there really don't like me and you don't even know me. Mm -hmm. And that's because I remind you of somebody that you either like or you don't like. Mm -hmm. And so it's either an action or my face reminds you of that person. And so now you've already judged me for being likable or not likable. Mm -hmm. So how about if we just maybe just listen for a little bit and then maybe you'll hate me after I speak. <laughs> hopefully not <laughs> no, hopefully not but this is this is very typical of us isn't it mm -hmm. right i look at you oh boy she's she looks nice i really like her or she doesn't look good we judge person by their height and their weight and by whether they wear glasses or not wear glasses right mm -hmm. whether they're smiling or not smiling the color of their hair we have so many ways to judge another person to dissect everything down to the millimeter and then we don't allow people to be themselves i know that as a person that used to do that as well it's like i didn't grow i didn't come out of the womb saying oh i'm so happy and i'm not i don't judge anybody and everybody's beautiful now that that was not me but i <laughs> learned over time that if i just sat with somebody even just for a few minutes that I could 
actually get to know them and find that we all want the same things. Mm-hmm. We all want shelter. We all want food. We all want love. We all want health. We all want good relationships. And even, so I'll bring this up, even the people that we call terrorists love somebody mm-hmm. and somebody loves them. And sometimes they have families and kids who they love as well. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a, that's a tough one to wrap your head around, to think that, oh, that terrorist, that bad person, we should kill that person. But they're also human. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that what they're doing is right. I'm just saying that we have to take a look at that. We have to look into our own hearts about what we're going to do, what, how we're going to operate in this life. Mm-hmm. And I forgot who said it, but you can't create peace by creating war. It's impossible. So people say we're going to war to create peace. No, that's, sorry, that's an oxymoron. That, does, that just doesn't work. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't come about. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. So I go from uh, a young, angry kid living in the city, living with the Bickersons, not learning good habits, going to college and having some fun and working my, basically my whole life, always going from here to there, chasing a dollar, right? Oh, more money. I'll go over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's more money over there. I'll go over there. Uh, oh, let me see. Wait a minute. It's better if I create my own business, create my own business, sell it, create a business and it fails. Um, so I've had successes and failures in my life. But I've learned, I, I, what I love about all of it is the experiences that I've had. I called the universe or God or whatever is up there for any, anybody that's listening. It's, it's magical when you can have all these wonderful experiences. I, I've lived basically all over the United States. I've, I've been to almost every state. Somebody said the other day, wow, you know, that state over there, I'm not sure that's, you know, it's seems a little ucky or yucky. And I went, okay. So having been to about 40 some states out of the 50 that we lit that are in the United States, I said, do you know that every state that I've been in, there's a good section and a not so nice section, every state, they all have their benefits. So it just depends on what you want. Like in Ontario, maybe it's too cold to live there. Around. <laughs> Understatement. <laughs> we had snow a couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if you're a skier or you're an ice skater, uh, you're an ice fisherman or something like that, it, it, it's really great. Mm-hmm. But if you like more warmth and you like the beach, and then you come to Florida where I live. Mm-hmm. Really nice. Yes. Right? My preference would be to be there right now, but that's another subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, goodness. So through all of this, uh, I decided, or maybe it just came to me, that I wanted to know more about other religions. I wanted to know more about spirituality. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something inside of me that said some of the things that I, were, that I was doing and some of the ways that I felt just wasn't right. It just wasn't good. How do I how do I, I became more introspective. I wanted to know more about why I do what I do. What, mm-hmm. Why do I operate the way I do? And of course, that also leads to why do we, as, you, as humans, why do we do what we do? What's, what's driving us? What's making us a little crazy? What's making us not want to be 
in love with each other. And that strikes a big chord for me because when I say love, it's important, so important. It, when I really learned to love from my heart, that changed everything in my life. Mm -hmm. And so through studying A Course in Miracles or con reading Conversations with God or, and all of these other authors that write about how to be a better human being, basically, not even so much about how to be better in business or how mm -hmm. to make more money, because a lot of us always say success. The first thing you think about, about is, oh, well, how much money do you have or how much money can I make? And I get that. But success is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And real success comes from me loving you and being able to give something to you, even if it's just to put a smile on your face. That's mm. success. And the success that we can create in this whole world just by having a better attitude is absolutely incredible. Mm. I am just like everybody else on this planet. Maybe I think a little bit differently about who we are, and I have a, maybe a different platform, but I, I wake up every morning just like everybody else. You know, go to the bathroom, have something to eat. Maybe you have coffee or maybe you have tea, whatever it is. Maybe you juice to be healthy. Maybe go for a walk, go to work, do things. But it's kind of how do we do that and, and, and what do we do? A lot of times we say, who are you? But it's more, I look at it more like, what are you, right? So you can be a podcast host, right? You could be an attorney, you could be a janitor, you could be a secretary, you could be whatever you want. You, that's what you do in life, but what are you here? Mm -hmm. And so how do you do what you do? How do you do it? I want people to really think about that because I know so many people that go to work and they have arguments with people at work all the time because they're not doing it the way they believe they should be doing it. And that's another, that's another big word for me, the should word. Oh yeah. Don't shit on yourself. That's thank you very much. <laughs> it was, I love that you said that because about 30 years ago, and that's when I first learned the should word or mm -hmm. actually this woman said to me after I said, I think you should have, she stopped me mid sentence and she goes, don't shit on me. And I went, Oh, my ah. <laughs> You got put in your place. <laughs> I did. And I never, obviously I've never forgotten that. It's a mm -hmm. big, it's one of those key words that I go, every time I think about saying, should I go, no, how about could you could have done something differently, mm -hmm. but saying should means that you knew that if you knew different, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, it's like the Monday morning quarterbacks that all of us, you know, if Tom Brady would have, he should have thrown it to so-and-so. Well, if Tom Brady knew that he should have thrown it to so-and-so, he would have done that instead of throwing it to somebody else. He's mm -hmm. not stupid. He's not dumb. He could have done it, but not should have done it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense. I think it's a really interesting perspective as well, because that's something that I hear people say all the time. And oh, I should have done this, or I should have gone this way, or I should, shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, hey, why are you shouldn't on yourself? Really? Exactly. exactly. It's, it's, it doesn't serve you to sit there and reminisce about the things that you can't change. Right. And that's the same thing with the past. How often do you want to think about the past? We were talking a little bit about that earlier mm -hmm. uh, before we 
came on air. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll repeat some of that. Here we are, the average age, age span is 80 years, according to the latest, I guess, data and polls. And as, so everybody in the audience, I, I really want you to think about this and, and picture that over your 80 years that you're gonna sleep probably 26 years. 26, that's typically somewhere between seven and eight hours a day. So let's say it's eight hours a day. Now, most of us work at least eight hours a day. So that means that you're spending another 26 plus years working. So out of your 80 years, you already have 52 years of work and sleep. And then how about going to buy the groceries? How about cooking? How about eating? And so let's throw in another, I don't know, 10 years. That's 62 out of 80. You have 18 years left. So do you really want to spend, and, and this is some more data, do you really want to spend about another three years thinking about how you're going to fix the past, which you can't, and do you want to spend another three years thinking about how it's going to be better next week or next month or next year or the, or the next 10 years after your kids go to school, right, or after who knows what in your life? And so now if I just took that, that's 68 years. You, you have 12 years left to try and enjoy yourself. And so what are you doing with those 12 years? And there's other stuff in there too. But basically, if you live to 80, what are you doing with those other 12 years? What if you only live to 70? Mm -hmm. so think about what you're doing each day to, right, to feed your mind and to feed your heart. Mm -hmm. How are you thinking? What, do you really want to spend a lot of time arguing with people? How many years is that Gonna, how many years is that going to take? And how many years is that going to take off of your life because you're stressed out like crazy? Mm -hmm. And we know stress is the number one killer. Mm -hmm. To think that, you know, you know, when people hold grudges, I think it's really interesting because to think that you're holding this grudge. So you're holding this person in your thoughts. You've got a death grip on this person in your thoughts. And you're mm -hmm. thinking about how they betrayed you or how they hurt you or whatever, whatever the story is that's with it. When you think about how long you've hung on to that, how much energy you've expelled by gripping that. And now you've taken up one or both of your hands, plus all of your mental space. What do you have left to grasp new opportunities? What do you have left to grasp love or, or new relationships or new experiences with this person or other people? Because you can't let it go. Right. And it's really interesting to me that some people hold a grudge or they feel resent, resentful or angry towards someone for, for their entire life. And, and for that person to sit there and think, I highly doubt that other person is thinking about you. You know, like that's, that's kind of a conceited thing to think like, I'm mad at this person. I've been mad at them for 30 years and they're probably, they're thinking about what they did. No, they're not. They're living their life. And here you are living a life of misery. Like, what are you doing? So I think that ties in beautifully with, with your, your message that you're sharing here. What do you think, Arthur? Oh, it is absolutely so true. They say that um, it's like drinking poison, thinking mm -hmm. the person's going to mm -hmm. die. Yeah, that's one of my favorite sayings. <laughs> yeah. And it just lives in your head. Mm -hmm. you, you said it so perfectly. It's not living in their head. They're not thinking about what they did. Rarely, I mean, maybe some people do have regrets about what they did. Yeah, but they're maybe not some thinking. People. They're not thinking every day about 
uh, oh, what I did, what I, did I do to Arthur? And in the meantime, Arthur's going, she was so mean and I'm going to be pissed at her for the rest of my life. And it's like, yeah, okay, waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention the congestion, the energetic congestion that comes from that. So there's a lot more uh, studies being done about the metaphysical uh, uh, reactions in the body that show up, you know, these physical manifestations of emotions. So I think cancer is uh, related to anger and resentment. It absolutely is. Yeah. There, so, there's no doubt about it. You, you take a look at a lot of studies, like stress, stress oh. causes cancer, stress causes heart attacks. Uh, I mean, stress just eats up your whole body. So mm -hmm. you may be eating right and you may be exercising, but if you hold on to all this stress, you're just defeating the purpose of trying to be healthy. Mm -hmm. So everybody out there, close your eyes and just think about the one person, just the one person in your life that you love, who you love more than anything else. And when you have that picture there, then I want you to expand that to other people that you think that maybe you're having a hard time loving because I can believe me, please believe me. And I know you'll feel this as soon as you start to expand your love to somebody that, you know, you cared about and, and they, you feel that they hurt you in some way, as soon as you start to forgive that, as soon as you start to let that go, that love expands, that love just, just encompasses every person and just think of the light in your body how it freed you up it mm -hmm. just freed you up mm -hmm. so i i want the i want the whole audience to know that i love you because there's no reason for me not to there is no reason for me not to love you and not to care about you and not to want to give to you it, it's so simple life is really simple that we make it so complicated mm -hmm. when you care, care about yourself, of course, you know, what they say in the airlines, when you're up, you know, put your mask on first, yeah, make sure that you're healthy and care about yourself, forgive yourself for things that maybe you think that you've done and forgive other people. And I can go, I can go back and say, well, I, I won't forget about that hurt. Yeah, it'll always be a memory. There's no doubt about it. But if you would let it go, it, it creates such freedom within you. Don't drink the poison. <laughs> just, just don't do it. yeah yeah i i i love that i seriously love that quote it's it's a personal favorite of mine <laughs> and it's it's so fascinating to me because i see it everywhere and to your share i i had a few things you know that i was packing around with me for a few years and what happened was i ended up with digestive issues and it's interesting to think about the correlation. Now, correlation doesn't always equate to causation, but the correlation of the fact that I was having digestive issues because I couldn't digest the experiences that I had had or that I had gone through, that was enough for me to go, whoa, <laughs> I need to do something about this because when your body is physically reacting to something, it's already past the stress stage and it's usually in the, the healing phase. And the length of that healing phase depends on the length of the stress phase. So if you spent 30 years in stress, 
you know, not digesting some experience that you had, some trauma that you had, your healing phase could potentially be it essentially equate to the same amount of time it necessary to heal. Not, now that's not always necessarily true. If you have great support, you have the right tools, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can cut that way down. But I think to, to play on that uh, forgiveness piece is so important because we, we are always, as you mentioned, super quick to judge where immediately the second we see someone, we either like them or don't like them. Like you said, we judge based off of appearance because that's the only thing we have to go off of. And once we've gotten past the appearance a little bit, you know, a little bit past the superficial and a little bit underneath the skin, then, then we start to, to recognize subconsciously or consciously, wow, the, okay, this person's doing this thing and it's like irritating or wow, this person's doing this thing and it's, it's really making me feel very genuine and loving towards them. And it's interesting to recognize which direction you're being pulled in. And if you're being pulled in a direction that isn't of love, I implore you to check in with yourself and ask, what about this person is making me feel this way? And what is it that I'm feeling? Because if you can recognize what it is that you are feeling, you can start to recognize what it is about that person. And it's more often than not, it's never actually about that person. It's about that time when you were five and your dad said whatever to you. And, you know, just that one way that one tone that that word was said in, you know, it's stored in your nervous system and it's coming back at you when you're 73 years old and you're in the grocery store and, and some kid asks you if you want help. It's, you are so right on, right on. I, I've often said that we all have these little buttons that we mm-hmm. wear, right? And then somebody comes up and pushes it. Well, they didn't actually push it. You pushed it because of a past experience. Mm-hmm. And typically it's from childhood. They say that you are programmed in the first seven years of life. Totally. And in those first seven years, you're programmed from your parents. Maybe you have some siblings, your friends, your teachers, the news, the environment where you live, everything, all of that plays a part in our, in who we are Mm -hmm. and who we start to become. Um, I don't know if I can remember this exactly, but it goes kind of goes along the lines of, Watch your thoughts because they become words. Watch your words because they become actions. Watch your actions because they become your character. And watch your character because then you become that person. Mm -hmm. And so it all really all starts with your thought, every Mm -hmm. thought. And then keying on that, the next thing about the words is definitely watch how you speak to people, watch how you speak to yourself, what you say to yourself. How often are we doing something? I do it to myself still, and I know this. It's like, oh, what? this microphone wasn't set up right. Why wasn't it set up right? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Oh, give yourself a little bit break. So, you know, it's all right, fix it, mend it, whatever, you, whatever you're gonna do. But we speak to ourselves that way, and then it comes out in, poor language to somebody else as well. It's, it's and really then we also wonder why other people treat us that way. You People learn how to treat you based off of how you treat yourself. So if you're constantly going inward and saying, oh, you're a nasty piece of crap and you're ugly and you're all of these things. If like, if you're getting really nasty with yourself, you can't expect other people to treat you with love and respect. Some people will because they see past that. They recognize you know, that you're stuck in an experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it starts with us. 
And I think that's the foundation, of, the foundational principle here is everything starts with us. We, we have to consciously choose our thoughts and to be, in order to be conscious of our thoughts, we have to want to be aware. We have to want to develop that awareness. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that just happens overnight, especially with all the, you know, layers, if you will, and years of experience that we've had building this neuro pathway to speak this way to ourselves. There's a little bit of rewiring that needs to happen there. Yes, and it, I, I believe it's for everybody. No, nobody escapes this life unscathed. No mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And so what do you want to do with that? And I would hope that uh, I would love younger people to be able to have coaching like this or experiences like this for younger people to actually be able to talk to someone that has more wisdom. I see a lot of... Uh, coaches, so to speak out there, right? Coaches, mm -hmm. coaches who are, went to coach school and they're in their twenties or maybe even thirties. And I go, that's really great. There's a lot of knowledge that you can get from books and from school, but the experiences really allow you to understand what it's like. Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> in back to school. I don't know if you saw that movie. So he's, he's the old guy in the class and the teacher's going, well, this is the way the law works in the city and you have to abide by the law and do all this stuff. And, and he goes, well, excuse me. He says, yes. He says, yeah, but you, you got to pay off Joe over here. Otherwise you're not going to get anything done. He said, that's illegal. He said, but that's the way it works. And you have to bribe somebody else over here to get something done. I'm not advocating that these are the right things to do. But the point is, is that if you don't have the experience of knowing how things actually work, mm -hmm. you come out of school thinking that this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. and, and as long as I do this, I know how to coach somebody. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to coach somebody if you don't have that real world experience. If you mm -hmm. haven't been in business, if you haven't had the traumas, and know how to get through that, it's really hard. And, and, and again, I, I don't want to say that you should not use anybody, and there's a should word, right? Uh -huh. um, but not, <laughs> not to use somebody, but be very careful about what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. uh, understand mm -hmm. that there's only so much knowledge. I didn't get wise at birth. I got wise over many decades of wanting to be wiser though too not you don't just get wisdom because you get older you, you you get wisdom because you're interested in life and you're interested in things and you're interested in learning more and you want to do better that's where wisdom comes from mm -hmm. so uh, let me jump off here for a second if you don't mind so my first book is it okay yeah i was i was gonna segue right. into your your <laughs> books here yeah, so my first book is called Quantum Shift into Greatness. And I wrote this based on a lot of my studies of, I, I grew up Catholic uh, and Christian, and I studied, I, I didn't do heavy studies, but I studied Buddhism and I studied Kabbalah. And Kabbalah was kind of the jumping off point for this book. It allowed me to go deeper into who I am and to see the wisdom of 4,000 years ago the written wisdom. And I thought that 
a lot of people get turned off if you say you're Christian or if you say you're Jewish or if you say you're uh, Muslim or whatever that is, they don't want to listen. Uh, so I'll ask you just to listen in general that forget about any religion at this point. And not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be religious or believe in the religion that you're in. All I'm saying is that just discard it for a moment. And so what I started out with was to, with quantum physics and spirituality. So saying that, look, science, if you're just a science believer, or if you're just a spiritual believer, they're kind of talking about the same thing, all the mm -hmm. energy that we have and how the world began and so forth, which may or may not be true. However, it was a, then it was a segue into all the things that you can do in your life to be a better person. And so mm. being a better person to treat other people better. Now that was 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And since then, then my next book, this one is called 21 Days to Love. So what's this about? This is a deeper dive, but a deeper dive specifically into anything and everything that you can do each day to make your life better. So I'll kind of just read from where we have. So day one is, and everything is love. So day one, love is devotion. And day two, love is acting. And day three, love is forgiveness. And day four, love is tolerance. And then day five, it's gratitude. But you have 21 days of practicing these things. So practice gratitude today. Gratitude mm -hmm. for everything that you have, regardless of where your life is at. I need more money. I need another car. Uh, I need a new spouse, whatever that is. Forget about all that stuff. Just be grateful for what you have right now. Are you alive? Yes, that's one. Uh, do I have food on the table? That's two. Uh, do I have a bed to sleep in? That's three, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, do I have people that love me? Four. Do it, are there people that I love? Five. I mean, it can go on and on and on. So have gratitude. That's number one. So then maybe the next day you're practicing uh, allowing Allowing, and I say you practice these things without judgment. So it's not like I pick you today, right, to, for forgiveness or for caring or for kindness. I choose everybody, everybody that I meet, everybody that I know gets kindness today, gets mm -hmm. forgiveness today, gets allowing allowance today. In other words, allowing them to do whatever they want. And I'm not going to say you, you, Here's the show. You, you jackass. <laughs> yeah. Right. You shouldn't do it that way. Yeah. And now what's even deeper and what, what I really love because we, I, we just brought this out. Now, I partnered with uh, Maureen Ake. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is mm -hmm. called Open Heart Surgery in 21 Weeks. So we actually took every one of the days and we turned them into a week because it's going to take you at least a week to practice each one of these especially since it's full of questions, mm -hmm. deep questions for you to answer. It's almost like uh, a therapist and a counselor in a box or in a book in a way. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not saying that all of a sudden magically you're going to cure your life, but what I love about it is that, well, here's what week, what day is this? Uh, week nine called giving. And some of the questions are, uh, when you give of yourself, one of two things happen. You learn more about who you are and what your soul's journey is. You lose who you are and feel lost in the shuffle of life and relationships. Which one are you? One or two? And then why? And what are some ways in which you receive love? What are ways in which you give love to your peers, partners, and others? Again, I love this because 
it's asking those questions, those hard questions that we don't often ask ourselves that we need to answer, mm -hmm. that, that we must answer to grow, to understand ourselves. And there's nothing more powerful than to be introspective and find out who you really are. What are you? We've talked about this before. What are you in this life? I, mm -hmm. I had an aunt, God lover, that she just, she treated me so well. She was just a beautiful woman. She was like my second mom, but she was a tough cookie. Oh, she was hard on every, even me, even loving me and doing things for me or with me, but everything was just so hard and so with almost filled with anger. It's like, why did you do that? What's mm -hmm. wrong with you? Everybody had to think her way. Mm -hmm. I saw in her life and her relationship with her husband, this constant bickering was like, I love you, but I have to fight with you too. Yeah, I love stress, you, but. Yes, I love you, but. <laughs> right. I love you, but. The but right. cancels out what you say before it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to be done in this world. There's a lot to be done in each of our lives. And I truly want everybody to know, just to keep this one thought, just one thought to open up your heart and be love, be love. The more you love, the more life becomes better for you, the more life becomes better for the whole world mm -hmm. because it, it goes on. Mm -hmm. That person that you love, if you truly love them, you really show them kindness that you give to them, that you care about them, they'll feel better about themselves and they'll, I guarantee you, they'll pass it on to somebody else very necessary, especially with the current situation in the world. And on that note, with people opening their hearts, would you have any final words of wisdom that you would like to share with our listeners and our viewers today, Arthur? Yes, there, we are in a difficult situation for the past year. There's 50% of us that say, I'm not going to wear the mask and I'm not going to get vaccinated in this 50%. And it may be percentages differently, but close to that, that say, you have to wear the mask and I have to get vaccinated. What I want to say about it is, is that don't be angry with the other person for what they choose. It's their life. <laughs> They're making a decision for themselves. And I have no right to tell them to do it any differently. And you have no right to tell someone else how to do it differently. Remember, it's their life. I cannot tell you how to live your life ever, not ever. So be kind and be generous and be loving and be understanding. Otherwise, that bee is going to buzz you and bite you in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for that. And Arthur, how can people get in touch with you? How can they find you on social media? You can find me on LinkedIn as Arthur Tassinello. Tassinello is spelled with a T and then it's A double S as in Sam, I-N-E-L-L-O, Arthur Tassinello, LinkedIn. You can go to arthurtassinello.com. I have a website and the, the last book that I created with Maureen Ake, you can go to A Bent Circle. So that's A-B-E-N-T-C-I-R-C-L-E, abentcircle.com. Uh, so you can see more about some of the things that Maureen and I do together and and the books on all three books are on Amazon. If you Google my name on Amazon, you can get any one of them. Uh, I, all, I say, I bless all of you. I love all of you. I want 
the best for everybody in this whole world. Please help me do that. Please share that with everybody. Yes. Amazing. Well, it has been an amazing conversation with you. And I really appreciate you sharing your perspective and about your books and sharing your story. And I just, I'm really grateful for your wisdom. Thank you so much for being here, Arthur. I am honored to be here and it's a pleasure knowing you and being with you. And I hope we can get maybe to do this again or do something else. Who knows? Sounds good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. 